Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates. And today I've got on Psychic and medium astrologer, Rachel Lang. And then as we got into the midst of the show, she then informed me that she is also a Reiki master. I think it's safe to say that Rachel is a quadruple threat, probably more. She probably has more skill sets that she didn't uh, confess to when we were doing the show. Uh, Oh, and I should also mention that for good measure, she also has a master's degree in theology. Wait, what? Yeah, doesn't hurt, right? So today we are going to talk about astrology and the year ahead. We get a visit from my Aunt Susie, which was quite fun and unexpected, which FYI, she's no longer in this world. So a visit from Aunt Susie was uh, fun, we'll say. And we also talk about theology and spirituality from a quasi-intelligent, mostly hippie point of view. It's pretty fun. Uh, First, though, um, I just want to remind you that the love course, uh, we'll probably have it up for maybe another two weeks. So if that's something that you're interested in, be sure that you um, purchase that now. We will not be making it available for another year. And we've already been getting some fantastic testimonials about it because there is kick-ass information in it. So if you're looking for love or trying to rekindle love, um, it's something that you're definitely going to want to take a look at. You heard it here first. Mastering Feng Shui with Confidence is going live for enrollment on Monday. We will have enrollment open for a week. And uh, Mastering Feng Shui with Confidence is basically my extensive online course that teaches you what you need to know to confidently, confidently practice Feng Shui. Uh, We get so many comments from people, you know, they've read a bunch of books, they read stuff online, and the biggest thing that we get is that they just don't understand what the hell they're doing. They can't make sense of it all, and I can understand. It can be really overwhelming and really discouraging, actually, and this is such a beautiful art, so learning it correctly uh, and having the right principles empowers you, so that's what this course will do. We have... uh, Enrollment starting on Monday, February 25th, and it'll be open for about a week, uh, and then it'll be closed back down. The course actually starts at the end of March. I'm waiting to get through the Mercury retrograde, um, and then we'll start. Uh, It's an eight-week course. And if you uh, miss this opportunity, it will be open again. We open enrollment also in the fall. So I don't have those dates just yet, but um, if you don't have the opportunity to do it now, you can do it in the fall. And if you don't wanna do the online course, you wanna learn directly from me, come and see me at the Elevate Yourself 
with Feng Shui Retreat. I'll be teaching this course, Mastering Feng Shui, in person uh, at Cheryl's Ford, North Carolina with um, the Happy Living Group. They have invited me to uh, their beautiful home. There's all kinds of pictures of that online, um, so you can check that out. But what I really want to do is, since this is... Uh, our month of love and we've been celebrating love and you know I love the love I wanted to share some love to some of our clients now I couldn't list everybody on here so if I don't list you today just know that you are loved but I want to mention some high achievers just because I'm so proud of you uh, and the things that you've accomplished and so um, I think that uh, it's really safe to say that y'all are kicking ass and taking names First and foremost, Dr. Anna. She was actually on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. She has a new book coming out, The Hormone Fix. Um, she and I have actually been working since last fall, and we've been doing uh, several of her spaces. She's got a couple of offices in her own home, and holy cow, she is kicking ass and taking names. So congratulations. Martin, we turned your house into a boat, and not only did you say yes to all of it, but you are embracing the transcendental like a boss. So thank you for just showing so much love to this beautiful practice we call feng shui. Megan, we turned your house into a kite. <laughs> are you kidding me? Within 24 hours of doing her work, and let me tell you, her chi is off the charts. But within 24 hours of doing this incredible work she got asked out on a date her toxic roommate moved out and she got called in for she's a like a screenwriter and a writer and does all this stuff in Hollywood and she got called in for a possible pilot of a show that she's doing and because she's been trying to get this interview for so long when she got it she actually added a character called Armadilla Gates hmm wonder who that is AKA, that's me. The feng shui master has been put into the show. <laughs> I'm so happy about that. And then Lan, you are so amazing. You and I have just started working together, but you too, you've just really embraced this esoteric world of feng shui and you're going to kill it. I'm so excited to see what unfolds for you and what happens for you. So thank you for saying yes to this beautiful art. And finally, Katie, oh, my love. You have achieved more growth in the last year, and it's all because you've taken the time to cultivate your chi. Holy bananas. I can't even tell you how proud of you I am. And for all of the work that you have done, you have not only embraced this world of shui like nobody's business, but oh my gosh, you have just really taken the time to take care of yourself, and it's really showing. You are the epitome of above the cross emotions. So keep up the good work. All of you, thank you so much for just embracing this and getting weird with me and doing this esoteric world of crazy energy. I think that this is the future of energy medicine by really taking the time to cultivate the chi within ourselves and also within our environments. And I'm excited to, I've been talking about the new book that I'm writing a little bit. I think I talked about it at the beginning of the year. Um, but my new book is called Feng Shui for the Soul. I've written about four chapters now. Hopefully it's going to come out this fall. We'll see. 
I've actually got um, Tisha Morris, who is also a feng shui practitioner, um, teacher, uh, a whole slew of other things. She is actually married to Rachel, who's on the show today. And Tisha's actually becoming, I don't know um, when she finds out the results, but she's becoming a literary agent. So I'm hoping that she and I are going to be able to work together on this project to launch this book. I am so freaking proud of what's coming out of my brain right now. And everything that I talk about on this podcast is basically going to be put into this book on how we need to treat our environments and how we need to embrace this energy medicine to really change our lives in a transcending, transformative, and transcendental way. And um, I'm just super excited about that. All right. I know that you're here to listen to the show with Rachel and learn more about psychic astrology. And trust me when I say this show is not going to disappoint. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, but we are not here for me today. I would like to welcome astrologer and psychic medium, Rachel, Rachel Lang. Oh, I, can't, I can't believe I just screwed your name up. So simple. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks so much. And it's okay. Uh, that sometimes I, I find that if names get mixed up, there's symbolism in everything, you know? So if, if a name gets messed up or if there's something, there's a glitch, there's always like a spirit coming in to say, hey, I'm here with you. I'm helping out. So I take it as a good sign. Oh, well, that's fantastic. I take it as Amanda's really excited to talk to you. <laughs> like she's already tripping over her words. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Thank you. So... I, you know, I, I love this. And it's so funny. We were talking before the show, uh, just to let the audience members in on a little secret. Um, it, Rachel and I were talking and it turns out that she is actually the wife of Tisha Morris, who I actually know. She used to be, uh, lived here in Nashville. And I just found out that she and Rachel are married and like, she's blowing my mind this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Amanda, I love feng shui. And we, I mean, Tish and I have great conversations all the time about feng shui and astrology and spirituality. Uh, and, and it was just really, it was, it's really a cool synchronicity that you two know each other. Yeah. And like you two, I mean, twin flames, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and you're talking about the month of love. Um, you know, I, I, I worked really hard, did a lot of soul work to prepare myself to be ready for this kind of love. And, um, and it's, it's worth it. So if anyone out there is listening and they're going through the same thing, like wondering, when am I going to meet my person? Is this going to happen? Just keep showing up, keep doing your work, keep loving, 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 and bringing that, that vibration of love into your being and you will attract that into your life. Um, I know this because I did it myself. Yeah, and I just want to add, segue for plug for Amanda's new course, How to Attract Real Love Using Feng Shui. I actually utilized the principles, what Rachel was just talking about, just really putting forth, I call it cultivating your chi, but putting in the work. Like if you want this work to work, you got to be willing to do the work. And Rachel did it. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it doesn't feel like work when you're doing it. It, it actually feels kind of like, you know, like um, self-care. Um, but, you know, it is, it is a disciplined practice. 
Without a doubt. And I'll tell you what, just knowing Tisha and knowing what you do, I mean, holy cow, I can't even imagine the kind of magic you two are making. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So let's back up just a little bit. Um, you know, as I said at the top of the show, Rachel is an astrologer and also a psychic medium. So let's back up a little bit. And I'd like to know how you got into this world. I mean, did you come out of the gates out of college and this is what you were going to do? Or did you like find your way into astrology and, and being a psychic medium? Yeah, that's a great question. So I don't, I mean, I, I um, you know, at the time I was graduating from college, being a psychic medium, being an astrologer, these were not recognized career paths, you know, they were kind of like the things that you did on the side as hobbies. Um, and you didn't really tell many people about it because there was so much judgment, especially where I grew up in the Midwest and coming from a very religious background, there were so many misconceptions and myths about what astrology is and what psychic mediumship is. And, and I, I think a lot of people in, in, in my circle couldn't really see the value in what in what, in what those things were, what they are. Um, so I, you know, I thought I was going to be a filmmaker. I thought I was going to be an activist. I thought I was going to be a writer, all of those things. And I, I needed a job, um, like something I could do for income to, uh, to that I could build my own schedule, that I could have some flexibility and, uh, and, and do some of those more creative projects. And so I went to um, an amazing psychic soul reader, dear, dear friend of mine, Marianne Russell, who lived in Nashville at the time. And she said, well, why don't you do astrology? And so I started my practice. You know, this, I'd been studying for forever since I was about 14 years old and, um, and had been developing my gifts over that time. And, uh, and so I, I started my practice. I gave a couple of readings for free and then the referrals spread. And then all of a sudden my practice just grew to, um, to, the, to the point where it is now. And, um, and, it, and it's been incredibly rewarding. And so it's been so wonderful to help so many people. It just really does feel like a deep, a, I have a deep sense of purpose in what I do. And I think it's so important. I, I want to reiterate what Rachel was talking about, this idea of, you know, a lot of us, I think, are drawn to what I call the woo, and we're drawn to these, you know, spiritual energy practices, and there is a lot of judgment in it, and, and a lot of people don't see the value and I want to say, Rachel, I think you're probably around the same age as me. I know that I was starting to open up and really awaken in the late 90s, and like, yeah the times were very different than they are now. Like, yes, I have this funny story. I've told it here on the podcast many times, but in 1997, I went to a Borders bookstore to buy my first tarot deck and they had them locked up and it ended up becoming this huge ordeal where they had to do it over the loudspeaker. Oh my God, I was mortified. Oh, I feel your pain. <laughs> and there was no Amazon back then, right? Uh -huh. Yep, you yep. had to get in your car and physically go do it. And all four of the people that they were calling to try to get the key and figure out how to get into the case and like the whole bit, all four were men. I was just, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh I feel your pain. Yeah. It, I, I mean, that's, I, I started my, I went to my first um, spiritualist church in 1995 and, and spiritualist spiritualism is, um, 
it, I didn't know it at the time. I thought it was just a, a new age thing, but it, but there's actually a, 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 a I guess it's a religious, I, I, can't, I don't know exactly what, it, I think it's a religions, but it's, um, basically the services are like a meditation service. And then they have people stand up in the middle of the room or on stage and give messages from spirit. So there's a belief that there's communication with the other side. And I just, I mean, these, I think Amanda, probably like you, I, I think when you're called or when you're led or when your soul is, um, is hungry for this kind of experience, for the woo kind of experience, to put it in your words, um, I think you just stumble into uh, people, places, and things that, that, that set you on your path. And, um, and it was, it was weird. I mean, like, this is not something you, you know, I could talk about with my parents for sure, but like, yeah, there was a, a, I think anyone who was, who's around our age had to kind of go through and in this world had to kind of go through, uh, a a letting go of fear process and a stepping into your truth and, and following your heart and following your passion in such a way that there's no negotiables. And, um, and I think for a lot of people that, that builds character, you know? Yeah, without a doubt. And, and it's funny to me, I think it's amazing and beautiful that, um, being a hippie, being a woo is like so trendy right now. Yeah. And everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, where, where was this when I was 18? <laughs> right. Like, I feel like we went through the trenches we went through like and, and the people before us it was like boot camp you know yeah. to uh withstand the criticism and and i remember um i was actually pre-med and i was going uh into medicine because it was um it's so funny because you know when you read the books of ram Dass, he talks about you know I, I went through all the traditional platforms and all the traditional systems that were expected of me and I got the fancy PhD and I had the fancy house and I had the fancy cars. And at the end of the day, none of that shit mattered. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when your, soul's, when your soul is hungry for expansion and evolution and the way to get there isn't often, isn't, it, sometimes it can be through, through material wealth and, and that experience. But if it's not, then that hunger, it, it, can, it can lead to somewhat of a spiritual suffering unless until you until you get onto the onto the the the, the path that I, I say that and I, I personally feel like no matter where you are you're on your path but um, so I, I but I think like there's a there's a difference between being aligned on your path and not being aligned so yeah so I think um, I think that when you're not then you you do have this deep craving that that can't be satiated until you go deep in your practice or deep into an exploration of your spiritual gifts. Yeah, I agree with that. I want to ask you, you know, I've actually heard that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure I'm wrong, but that there is actually a difference between being a medium and being psychic. So tell me what, you actually say that you're a psychic medium. Do you basically do both? Yeah, that's a great question. So yeah, so being a medium is essentially um, communication with the other side, and you are basically like a translator. So spirits con make contact 
And you, you experience that through your clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. And I know I've listened to your show a number of times. And so I've, I know you've had other guests talking about these, these gifts um, or these ways of accessing information. Um, and so, yeah, so mediumship is, is, that, is, that, is communication translation with the other side. Um, psychic, psychic is more of a communication soul to soul. And so you're still using the same access points, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, claircognizance, sometimes clairalience, um, but you're, you're accessing the information from, uh, it, from, from, with, from within your soul and, um, and you're connecting to that other person's soul. So it's a little nuanced and sometimes you can get similar information, but mediumship is a very different experience. Awesome. And I'm curious, a lot of my friends who I actually, one of my good friends, Jamie is also a psychic medium and the information actually comes to her. If it is a medium reading, it comes in, I think on our right. And if mm. it's a, like a channeled psychic message, it comes in on the left. Is that how you experience it as well? Yeah, that's a great question. So mediumship always comes to me from outside and sometimes it's on the right and sometimes it's on the left. Um, Psychic information, I, I'm very clairvoyant, so I see things, but it feels differently in my body. Mediumship, sometimes um, you can actually feel the presence of the, like I can actually sense the presence of the spirit, um, like to either one of, to, to one of my sides. Um, and, and psychic, I know that it's, it's, it's coming from an elevated place, but it's, but I'm experiencing it more within my own body. D does that make sense? Well, it does to me. I don't know. The audience may be going, what? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and sometimes spirits are really, really fun. They're very playful. Um, and sometimes they're not, but they, they, they usually give like physical, they give physical um, uh, signs that they're there. Like I'll have an, a ringing in my ear or some, a lot of people talk about getting goosebumps or, or, um, or seeing pennies on the floor, or uh, feathers on your on your when you're walking in the in the the park. So spirits spirits are always trying to find ways to reach us in a physical way. And so when I do mediumship, sometimes I'll be in a psychic session, or I'll be in a, an astrology session, um, which is a very different modality, and my phone will cut out. And I'll, and I'll say, okay, who's here? And then I will switch gears and kind of go into that mediumship place to see what kind of information there is to, to access there. Yeah, I'm curious if we've got something here now because your audio, we keep getting weird feedback and I'm like, huh, somebody's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell them to come back. I'll tell them to come back in a couple of hours. <laughs> uh, all right, guides. Thank you so much for being here to support us. Um, actually, Amanda, that feels like your spirit. That feels like, that feels like um, a loved one of yours. Oh, really? Did they have yeah. something they'd like to share with us? Oh, yeah, let's see. Hang on one second. Let me just open up to that space. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling a... Um, Oh, I'm feeling a, a female with just so much love. Ooh, wow. Did you have a grandmother with whom you were close? Uh, I, I had a grandma Shirley that I was fairly close with. Thank you. Was she just like um, a, bright, a bright spirit, just like um, someone who had a very strong personality? Uh, 
I don't remember her being a real strong personality. My aunt Susie uh, had a very strong, funny personality. That okay? Thank you. It feels like Aunt Susie, um, uh, someone who uh, someone who would be um, like the like uh, bringing food to the family members. And uh, does that resonate with you? Yeah, that sounds like Aunt Susie. Okay. Like, I see her in a vision with, like, carrying a casserole. Um, <laughs> like, someone who would sort of be very social, be very connected to everyone, and want to, be, want to be doing nice things. Someone who, if there is a party, she's going to show up. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, that sounds like Aunt Susie. Okay, thank you, thank you. Um, I wasn't prepared to give a reading. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm, uh, so I'm a little slower than usual, but Aunt Susie says, I need you to, uh, she wants you to talk to her more, actually, Amanda. She says, actually, um, she, I feel like she's actually encouraging you to step more into your woo. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, and it's funny that you're telling me to, that she's encouraging me to talk to her more because I've actually been talking, when I have been going into meditation, I've been meditating for about two hours a day. I have been calling on her and talking to her in meditation. Ah, wow. Amazing. Amazing. Um, uh, she says, uh, she actually, she says I want, um, she's actually showing me a vision of drawing, of, of helping you draw people into your practice or into, oh, wait, no, no, no. She's saying, no, we're not talking about work right now. We're talking about, <laughs> <laughs> she's saying, um, she said, are you in a relationship, Amanda? No, I'm not. Okay, thank you. I didn't, it, 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 it felt like it was a relationship. It felt like she was trying to help you manifest a relationship, like bring a love into your life. Um, she says, but you've got to be social. You've got to get out. You've got to do things. You've got to have fun. Um, <laughs> and she's showing, a, she's showing me you in a, in a group, like in a party situa situation. And she's saying, this, this is, uh, you, you need to come alive in groups of people. So everything that you're doing with these, the workshops that you're leading and, and even the podcast, these are all things that are being very supported right now for you. Awesome. And supportive of you manifesting love. Um, because the brighter you shine and being around groups of people helps you shine, the more he's going to find you. Hell yeah. I want what Rachel wants. <laughs> I want the twin flame. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can, you can have it, and you've got, you definitely have Aunt Susie helping you. Woohoo! Well, thank you for that. Sure, <laughs> sure. Thank Aunt Susie. She's the one who was who was messing up the audio. <laughs> yeah, it was funny as you were talking. It kept doing this very weird expansion thing, and I thought, yeah, we've, and and this is very common. Whenever I have um, any kind of an intuitive on, or if I have an energy healer on, anybody that does energy of any kind, that, that sound comes in and out all the time. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. I know, I've gone through eight pairs of Bluetooth headsets in the last two years, so yeah. Voices. You sound yeah. like my mother, she can't keep electronics around her, but the cool thing is, is that if you are listening to the show today, and you're not really clear about what a, a medium is, that's exactly what it is. That's if you uh, have had a loved one pass over to the other side, or if you're, you know, you had a family member pass away, you can go to someone like Rachel and she can tap into their essence and 
um, tap into their messages to you. And it can be quite comforting, it, you know, if you've had a big loss in your life and you're really grieving them, someone like Rachel can bring a lot of comfort. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's interesting because Susie actually passed uh, back when I was still in high school. She was actually, uh, she was uh, killed in her house. Oh my so gosh. She's been gone a long time, but um, she is almost always the one that comes through. Uh, mm -hmm. Anytime I have an intuitive on, anytime I have a psychic, a medium, anyone on, she is always the one that comes through. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Really sweet. So... I mean, I think this is an amazing skill set, and I'm really curious. I think this is such a great combination to really help people in their journey and their healing process. How do you really utilize these two amazing skills um, to help people uh, on their journey by combining the astrology and then this, you know, I... I I tell Jamie, my friend, who's the same as you, I, I say she has the gift of gab in her ear. So what's it like having those two to be able to help your clients? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, you know, it, all, all three of them are, the psychic mediumship and astrology are, are pretty different. Astrology is very, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's using cycles. It's working with a language of symbols. Um, and it, it's kind of the more, it, it's usually the entry point to any one of my sessions. As I look at the chart, I see what are the big themes. I see what, where, this, where the sun, moon, rising, Venus, Mars. I look at all the planets. I look at, at the chart as a whole. And I get a, a, basically a sense of my client. Um, or sometimes I work with businesses too. So I can get a sense of the company and where, where its focus is and what, and what it wants to accomplish. Um, and what are the challenges and the opportunities. And so I always start every every session or every process with an astrology chart and with, with exploring that. And then I, um, and, and so I have a general framework for what I want to talk about and what the themes are. And sometimes clients will have very specific questions. And then each session, it's, I, I, it, that then I enter into a create a sacred space for my clients that they don't even know about, but I'm, I'm doing a lot of prep work before anyone even comes to see me to make it a sacred experience. And, and so my intention is that anything that needs to be said or that would best support their growth, their evolution, their highest potential, that, that I'm just the messenger. And so I kind of clear out my ego, let go of the fear of like not being good enough or of saying the wrong thing or of under delivering. And then, then, it, then we go on a journey together. And whatever happens, happens. Sometimes I involve Reiki in my practice, so I clear out any roadblocks that someone's coming up against to manifesting or uh, like living their intentions. Um, you know, we I do a lot of really deep, deeper kind of work um, with certain clients who who want that. Um, so every session's different, and each one feels like feels like we go on a little journey and we come out on the other side. And I just trust that. Um, that they're, they're coming or walking away with exactly what they needed. And, um, and, and yeah, that's how, that's kind of how I work. I love that. You're like a triple threat. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> you do Reiki too. Yeah. 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 Uh, Reiki, <laughs> yeah Reiki and, um, and I've studied pranic healing. I've studied, I've, I've, I've pretty much studied, you know, everything. I've, I've been a spiritual junkie for my whole life. Which is true to being a woo, right? I mean, yep. we all do that. 
Yep. I yep. just want to mention to folks that are listening today, back in December, podcast number 60, I had Megan Hayes on and she's a master Reiki healer and she goes into explaining what Reiki is and how it's this amazing um, transformational uh, healing process. So if you're interested in what Reiki is, um, please go back and listen to that one because it's an incredible modality. And I can't believe, of course, Rachel does that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what I find interesting is, is that I was uh, looking through your website and doing a little bit of research on you. And what I found fascinating is that you've actually got a background in religion and justice. Is this mm-hmm. correct? Is yes. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. I have my master's in theology. So I, I really, I have such an appreciation for this because um, I have, my, I'm a junkie too. I'm constantly learning. I'm, I'm constantly reading books and I tend to go down a rabbit hole for six months at a time in some kind of a modality. And right now I am on near death experiences. Like that's right now. <laughs> um, I just, I love, I think what it is, is it's becoming an addiction to the fact that um, everybody's experiences are different, but at the same time, they're, they're quite similar. Mm-hmm. And I love the experiences of what they explain is where we come from. You know, this, this place of just unconditional love, and they can't even put it into words, which I find fascinating. But one thing that I've heard again and again and again is that uh, religion is not wrong, but it's man's interpretation of it that is. So I think this is so great because you have this enormous background in woo and you have a master's degree in theology. So what is your take on that? Yeah, well, I think for many people, religion provides a, a framework of beliefs and community that helps support their, their lives. And so I actually think religion is, is really, um, is really um, beneficial, is really valuable. I think that, that the, the, cha- the, 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 what makes it, um, what makes it mm, sort of uh, more, um, <laughs> what what makes it what the 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 lowest octave of religion though is is judgment, yeah. which is exactly the opposite of what many religious spiritual teachers, ascended masters, what Christ himself talked about. Um, you know, all the fundamental basis for most religions is love and compassion. And so, if we allow the positive aspects of religion or the the life affirming aspects of religion to to be the anchor then religion's great um but i think that you know under the name of religion so many people have been persecuted so many people have been murdered so many people have been oppressed and it's it's it, it the 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 those aspects of religion have shaped what we know of as sexism racism homophobia heterosexism, all of those, all of those systems of oppression that, that keep us separated from one another, which is the exact opposite of what Jesus said. He said we are, that the, the kingdom of, of heaven, so to speak, um, that the, the kingdom is, is a place where all belong, 
even those who are not Christian. So it's, you know, that, I think if keeping that in, in mind, keeping that, that fundamental core message in mind, then you can have a woo life and a religious life at the same time. And I think one of the great things about living in the time that we live now is that we now have access to, to, to learning, um, you know, the internet has opened up, we have, we have so much access to information and knowledge and, and experiences of different religious and spiritual modalities that we can kind of bring those into our religious practices. So no one has to choose to be a Baptist and, and not meditate, you know, like you can choose to experience spirituality in God in whatever way whatever way speaks to you. And that's what, you know, the, the, any of the mystical traditions, it was all about experiencing God and experiencing God is experiencing oneness. Mm, amen. <laughs> and it's so true because I think that, you know, I agree with you. I think that there is something to be really said about the idea of what religion and church represents at the core of it. It's about community. So it's very tribal. It's about bringing souls together to share in a oneness, which is exactly what we do on the other side. And I think that it, it's just been kind of manipulated, uh, you know, on a, on an honor and shame based culture, which, you know, has been about control and judgment and kind of all the, the, what I call, uh, is below the cross and really and truly God is within yourself. So you can practice that wherever you can practice it within your own home. But if you find a sense of belonging by connecting with other people and you find a, a church or a place to go that feeds that, I think you're right. I think that, and you can mix everything you want to. If you want to be a Buddhist and a Christian and, you know, meditate, you can do all of these things um, as long as it brings you back to yourself. And it, it's, it's really a, a, a radical act of self-care, giving you everything that you need that fills you up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think for a lot of people who are just starting to get into their woo selves um, and just starting to explore their spiritual gifts, there can be a fear of like, or, a, or sort of a crisis of faith. Like, what do I believe? You know, if you're raised to believe in God as your, as your, your source, um, and, and then trying to figure out how, how to abandon those beliefs that shaped you from, you know, from the day that you were born, it's really hard. So integration is key, not abandoning what you were raised with, but, but, finding a way for those beliefs to work within the framework of your current life experiences, your current beliefs. And, and maybe that means that you let go of some of those beliefs because beliefs are just thoughts that we think over and over again, and that we've come to prove and validate for ourselves that are true, but they shape who we are and they shape our experiences. So I think that's, that's something that so many of my clients and so many of uh, the, the people with whom I work, you know, struggle with is like, how do I, how do I integrate the, the spiritual gifts that I know that I have and I want to awaken with my religious beliefs and, and, and ideas? And you can, and it's just a matter of, of self-inquiry. It's a matter of self-development. It's a matter of 
of, of deepening your, your relationship with yourself and, in, and, and really um, finding community with people who are on that same path. Yes, I love it. All right, so I want to ask this question because I know that you know a lot about the stars and I really feel like we're in this pivotal time in our history, you know, like we were talking about uh, in the late 90s, like woo was not so accepted and, and to be a spiritualist, you had to be kind of a secretive, you know, spiritualist and, and it wasn't something, we all had to come out of the closet literally with our spiritualism. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, 2018 was a rough year. A, a lot of people that I've spoken to, you know, we had retrograde on top of retrograde, mm -hmm. you know, it was a shit show. Yeah. So, you know, and I know a little bit, I mean, we're talking minute amount because minute amounts because I have friends that are in, um, you know, the stars and, and our astrologers, but I'm just curious, you know, as we're all starting to wake up, this was, uh, I feel like it was a very karmic year for us to get rid of the shit that no longer serves us and kind of rise above and raise our consciousness and, and create, you know, a massive shift in our paradigm. What are your thoughts about, you know, just moving forward, you know, leaving 2018 behind us and, and what's ahead. And, and um, I'm hoping that you're going to tell me that it's going to be about more love, but what are your thoughts? <laughs> it's definitely going to be about more love. <laughs> Actually, um, 2019 is really interesting. Um, it's a, it's a big Jupiter focused year, which, um, you know, I love it. Yeah. Jupiter is the planet of luck. It's the planet of expansion, faith, um, it is actually the planet that that relates to beliefs and religious and spiritual beliefs. Um, and Jupiter is a big player this year. Um, it's going to be forming uh, a square with with Neptune, and I'll talk about that in a second. And it's going to be uh, trying Uranus later on in the year. So it's it's kind of like it's giving us all a chance to to experience to, to really expand our uh, spiritual understanding, our spiritual ideas our beliefs. Um, and it's, it's also kind of one of those years where there's a, a real, like where there's, a, where there's like a, a tremendous amount of op optimism and like hope and, and sense of opportunity. Uh, but that needs to be grounded. So one of the challenges with, with a Jupiter intense year is that, that, you know, Jupiter would, it would go as far as it possibly could and consider all possible possibilities. Um, but it needs, it needs grounding to make anything happen and to take for anything to manifest and take shape. It needs Saturn. And we've got a lot of Saturn this year too, but next year is the real, like, you know, next year is the real Saturn year. So anything that you are dedicated to, that you're working on, that, that you're, that you're focused on, focus is a really important key word for this year. Um, like stick with it. Don't abandon it and don't scatter yourself because if you do, then when early 2020 comes, uh, you know, it, 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 you could feel like, uh, like what have I accomplished in 2019? So it's, um, it's, you know, 2020 is, is actually a, a really significant January, 2020 is like a big turning point. Um, and it's one where I think, um, you know, uh, like you will be rewarded for uh, staying in integrity, for for being your living your best and highest selves, um, and for staying dedicated to a, a, a specific purpose. Okay, so just back up a little bit and explain to everybody 
what Neptune is okay. and, and Saturn. Yes, I okay. personally do not like Saturn, but Rachel's going to change that. I just know. Yes, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love Saturn. Saturn gets a bad rap. It's the planet of limitation. It's the planet of commitment, discipline, responsibility, structure, all nah. good things. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I, I call it the planetary police officer, um, because you know if you're if, if, when Saturn when you, there's a Saturn transit uh, active in your chart. You, um, and, and a transit is, is, a, is essentially a planet that's in moving in the heavens today, forming an aspect to a specific point in your chart. Um, and, uh, and, and when there's a Saturn transit that's going on for you, you know, it is a time of hard work. It's a time where you, you, you're, you're more in touch with your physical limitations. You're more in touch with your financial limitations. Sometimes you might feel stuck, like in your career, in your relationship, but, but that all serves a purpose. Saturn is like that teacher in school that, that wants you to get an A, but it wants you to work really hard for it. And, and so it gives you the pop quiz and it's like, it's, it can be struggle soup. Um, but then there's a, there, it offers a reward. It says, okay, for you to do this, then I'm going to help you ground and, and stabilize so that you can actually bring something to fruition in your life. And so it gives you the ability to stop and focus and, um, and, and it actually often uh, rewards you for your hard work, for your dedication, um, and for your commitment. And, and, it, and Saturn is in its own sign of Capricorn right now and in, in 20, early 2020. And, um, and, and so because of that, you know, it's, it's actually nicely balancing that, that Jupiter anything is possible energy. Saturn's saying, okay, not so fast because we don't want to create the bubble of, of optimism and not have anything to back it up. Okay, so I think what I'm hearing is that we just really need to get clear and focus in 2019 and really put, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road and, and we kind of uh, create, come up with the ideas and create things. And then in 2020, are there going to be just some slow periods and some limitation before the reward or, or what does that mean? Yeah, I, I think 2020 could actually be, um, I, I don't think it's going to necessarily be slow so much as it is going to be dynamic. So dynamic change, meaning if you've been working at, at a job and especially if you're, if you're around 28, 29 years old, this is your Saturn return. And so you're going to feel this more than, or if you're right around 58, 59, it's, it's either, either one of those times, it's a Saturn return time for you. So this is especially going to apply to you. Um, but it's a time, it's like, it's, um, it's a time when, you know, at that, you know how it is when like you're about to give up and you're like, I've been working at this so hard. And, uh, and, and, and you kind of lose faith. You go through that moment, like, like dark night of the soul. And then you come out on the other side. You stay, if you stay committed, you come out on the other side. And that's kind of what 2020 is going to feel like. Like, um, like you've made it through the dark night of the soul. And, and now, you know, here's what, now the, um, here come the rewards or here come the challenges. If you, if you haven't been 
clear about your about what about who you are if you've been living for other people's expectations or if you haven't really been in integrity or or authentic or if you've been doing anything corrupt um then then there can be uh there can be rewards so to speak or consequences for that as well so it's kind of like a moment of truth it's like here we go um and and so and so this is 2019 like know that we're leading up to that and so make wise choices you know don't don't screw any anybody over you know don't um do any embezzling like like you know you're, <laughs> you're gonna get caught <laughs> so and, and that also goes for relationships you know if there's anything that's happening in your relationships that feels like off base or if you're in a situation where you're doing something that that's that's perhaps like you know not in integrity then you know these kinds of things will come to, to light so it's important to to really like this is a good year to get focused, to be spiritual, like you said, creative, super creative year, plant seeds, make new friends, connect with people, um, and, 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 and get involved in the community. Mm, yeah. You're singing in my heart. Yeah. Don't do bad things. <laughs> and, and fall in love if you can, if, if you, you know, like fall in love, like really be open to love. Cause that is, you know, that, that keeps us operating at our, our highest, uh, higher, highest potential, highest vibration, and, um, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a way to access our highest selves and our, our souls. But according to Aunt Susie, you got to leave the house. Yes. <laughs> and bring a casserole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we are in the month of love. This is all about love. I think this has been great because we've been really talking about a lot of the things that we're talking about today, I think are, are really an act of what I said earlier, an act of radical self-love and, and just really taking care of yourself, getting focused, you know, shedding the shit that, that no longer serves you and, and really showing up authentically. And so because it is the month of love, I want to know based on your knowledge, you know, cause you know so much about astrology and also you have this amazing gift where you talk to the other side. You know, how can we better with this information that you know, how can people that are listening today learn to better love themselves and those around them? Good question. Um, I think, I think love, considering love as it's like, if you can be love, um, you know, when, when Tish and I first got together, I would, I did this exercise where I would say, what would love do? So if, if in the morning, you know, I, I, I would say, what would love do? Well, love would get her a cup of coffee. Um, love would be gentle. Love would not say a critical thing. And so I think if you can start with yourself, because that's the hardest. I mean, sometimes it's so much easier to love someone else. Um, Amen. You know, because we see our faults, we see the, you know, the, 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 the worst in ourselves um, more than anyone else sees. So I think starting that and every day waking up and saying, or not every day, but like setting the intention to really be love for yourself. And sometimes that means setting boundaries and saying no, which is really hard for me as a Libra. <laughs> um, sometimes that means. Um, uh, letting go of resentment and anger that you've been holding on and it's just, it's becoming toxic in your body. Sometimes it is forgiving yourself for mistakes that you've made. It, it shows up in different ways in every, every single moment of every single day 
we can choose self-love or self-negation. And so I think that's the starting point um, for loving anybody else, because everyone else says, if we consider ourselves all as one, then every person that you come in contact with, every person that's in your life is, is, um, is an aspect of, the, of the, the divine whole. So it's an aspect of you. Um, and, so, and so even the people who trigger you or who, who rub you the wrong way, finding out what is the gift in that relationship. You know, if there's a group of people that you're concerned about or that you have ideas about or judgments about, finding out what can I learn from my judgments about myself. Um, and I think if, if that self-reflection process can, um, I think that self-reflection process can be really helpful in bringing more love in the world. Mm, I agree. I, I mentioned this earlier. I have a new course out, How to Attract Real Love, uh, using feng shui. And it, I mean, Rachel just summed it up with this idea. I talk about how a lot of people approach love with conditions. They approach love, um, and I know this hurts, I know this makes everybody go, oh God, I don't wanna think about that, but we tend to approach love as a victim uh, archetype, a martyr archetype, or a saboteur, and so what happens is, is we approach love with conditions. You know, there's that expectation, there's guilt, there's judgment, there's a, if you loved me, you'd, and I think what's so beautiful about Rachel, what she's saying is, what is the gift? Whether mm -hmm. it's in a relationship, whatever the experience is, what is the gift? If you can have a, a higher awareness, as, as my teacher says, step back. If you can step back and say, okay, what is the gift in this? Or what can I learn about my own judgment? What can I learn about how I'm judging this situation? You can step back and go, huh, this is interesting, and you can kind of dissect it. I think there's a lot to be said about this because we want to be defensive, but if we can take that step back, we can be proactive in learning how to truly love unconditionally. Absolutely. Point. And it doesn't mean that you let people walk all over you. No, that's not love. Love is sometimes really protective, and it says, don't treat me that way, <laughs> you know? Um, it Love is not just this romantic idea of you know, peace and bliss, sometimes deep love is mama bear love. Hmm. Sometimes love is Winnie Pooh. Winnie the yeah. cat. Yes. Can you hear with me? It's yeah. funny, I'm listening to this meditation um, with, uh, I've got all of these fantastic uh, meditations that I listen to through Sacred Acoustics, and I've actually got them coming on the show um, in uh, April. And uh, it's funny because one of them that I listened to, it says, you know, think of a person or an animal that you're, you're just heart just bleeds because you love them so much. And I always think of Winnie Pooh. Oh, that's, great. <laughs> that's great. And, and I think you, even, you know, thinking like doing that and thinking of your, your little inner child, mm. uh, you know, the most vulnerable yeah. part of, of yourself that, that is the Winnie Pooh part of yourself. Um, you know, that, that's a, I think our inner children get so much a bad rap, but, but they're, they're the, the parts of ourselves that need the most love and the most compassion. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I think all of us need to, you know, we get so wrapped up in the adulting of life and we really do forget to tap into that childlike wonder. We, we, we forget to tap into the playful side of life. And, um, you know, like, it's funny because uh, Deborah, my project manager, her grandson, he's three. And like, I think we could all learn something from a three-year-old. Their approach mm -hmm. to life is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, he loves wholeheartedly. Oh my God, that child loves wholeheartedly. He says exactly what's on his mind and he doesn't hold on to anything. He just runs off and goes and plays. <laughs> yes, that's so cute. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. Well, Rachel, I could talk to you all day. I know. This has been fun. Thank this you. So much fun. Um, if people are interested in working with you, I presume you work with people all over the world. Yep. How can they find you? How do they get in touch with you? My uh, website is Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, the letter C, Lang, L-A-N-G dot com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, you name it. Um, and uh, I also have a workshop coming up in March. Uh, it's a, a two-day workshop to develop intuition and psychic abilities. And it's specifically designed for people who are like Reiki practitioners, who are therapists, healers, astrologers, but anyone's welcome to, to join it. And that's here in Los Angeles. Oh, fantastic. And there'll be information about that on your website? Yep, absolutely, under the classes. Awesome, and I will, we also, on all of our shows, you can go to our website, gatesinteriordesign.com, and you can type in uh, Rachel Lang and her show notes will pop up. So anything that we talked about today in the show, any websites, links, books, anything like that will also be at the bottom. Rachel, thank you so much for saying Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Wasn't that such a great show? Oh, I love what I do. And I love having this podcast so I can reach out to people like Rachel and say, hey, let's have a chat on my show. Such a vanity metric, right? But I love it. <laughs> and I get to share it with all of you. Uh, don't forget that the love course is out. I know I talked about it a couple of times during the show, but um, I keep telling you guys about it because it's awesome. I put a lot of thought and care into it. And we looked at over a year's worth of floor plans and uh, feedback from our clients as to what they really needed. And so that's how I formulated and put this course together and it's gonna be closing down soon. If you want information about the Elevate Yourself with Feng Shui retreat, that's up on the website. And don't forget, Mastering Feng Shui with Confidence is going live for enrollment on Monday. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.